Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. From pop in the comments, love to say hi, tell me how your day's going. Just tell me if specifically if you're out of state, if you're not in Texas, I'd love to hear. Hey, Teresa, how are you? Teresa, where are you from? Where do you live? Are you from New Mexico? Are you my mom's friend? It's been a little bit since I've been on here. We, uh, great man of God, Jonathan, from Seminole, Texas. Amen, a Seminole, Texas. Great man of God, uh, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, he was in Rowlett for like a month. So we were pretty much, for like the last month, we've been back and forth to Rowlett, Texas. That's like right by Dallas. Uh, basically, any day that's not a Wednesday or Monday or Thursday. So I don't even, some days we miss Thursdays and Mondays. Or Sunday, we've been in Rowlett uh, going back and forth to these meetings, these revival meetings. So haven't been able to jump on here and do my broadcasts as frequently. But anyways, happy you guys are joining me. Love you. Share the broadcast. This is going to be a good one today. I'm excited just to get into the Word of God, maybe get back into the rhythm of going live. Keep, keep, keep encouraging you in the Word. And so today, uh, I'll go ahead and get right into it. We're going to be talking about, I started this, I think it was last week or the week before, but lessons from Mark chapter 4. I love Mark chapter 4 because Jesus teaches uh, pretty extensively about the kingdom, uh, how the kingdom works, illustrates different stories he gives us to help us understand how the kingdom operates. And so people need to understand that. You know, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so we get so earth-minded, right? Especially us as Americans. We don't even realize that there's a whole planet full of other countries, other democracies, or I should say other, uh, you know, basically other forms of government. It's not just the United States. And, and sometimes we, we can get kind of messed up thinking, which I actually believe the United States is really close to how the kingdom works. You know, the kingdom is not socialist. The kingdom isn't communist. God doesn't give the same thing to everybody no matter what you do. You know, Jesus taught parables uh, about the servants. The ones that were faithful, they, were, they multiplied their talents ten times over. They got a greater reward. The one that did five times over got a, a reward, but it wasn't as great as the one that, that did more. The one that did nothing got nothing. And in fact, what he had was taken from him and given to the one that was faithful. So the Lord, you know, the Lord's not a socialist. The Lord's not a communist. Uh, there is reward. There is, uh, you know, there is transaction in the kingdom. Hopefully that makes sense. But what my point is, Christians don't understand this, especially when you get saved. You know, there is a law at work in life. The, there is a kingdom that we've been brought into, right? The Bible actually tells us that when we were born again, that we were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light uh, of his dear son. So think about that. 
You know, when, when you're born again, you live in a kingdom, and a kingdom has laws, a kingdom has rules, a kingdom is ran a certain way. Just like uh, there's gravity, that's a law of science. What goes up must come down. There's your gravitational pull. I could drop this water bottle and it falls to, to the table because of the law of gravity. Uh, so there's laws that govern the kingdom. And so a lot of Christians live frustrated because they don't understand these laws. They don't understand how these laws work. And they're still trying to live with like an earth mindset and get kingdom results. But it's the same way. You know, if I went over to Germany and I don't speak the language, I don't know how they run their government. I don't know how things work. You know, I might get myself in some trouble. Because I'm not acquainted with how their civilization works, how society works over there. In order to be an effective uh, citizen of that society, I have to learn their laws. I have to learn how things work, what to do, what not to do, the cause and effect of different things. It's the same way in the kingdom. And so I want to kind of teach you. I love Mark chapter 4 because Jesus tells story after story after story showing us how the kingdom works. And so there's one principle that we're going to discuss that is like so evident in Mark 4 of how things work in the kingdom. So I want you to get that in you right now. If you're, if you're in the comments, say, I am in the kingdom if you're saved. If you're not born again, then obviously this doesn't apply to you. Yes, I am, and I have met her. Uh, join our hearts together in prayer to me. I've been sick for over a week. You've been sick. I curse that in Jesus' name. Be healed. Amen. Um, so, I want you to get this, write this down if you're going to write this in the comments. This will help, help me out, help others that watch this back if you write it in the comments. Everything in the kingdom starts as a seed. Everything in the kingdom starts as a seed. So, In Mark 4, there's something that we're going to see that's evident. This is a key to how things work. Everything in the kingdom starts as a seed. So people get so frustrated because they don't understand that everything in the kingdom starts in seed form. I'm going to elaborate uh, a little bit in a moment. People get frustrated. People get discouraged in life, right? How come I'm not where I want to be? How come I'm not maybe seeing something that I want to see? It's because you don't understand how the kingdom works. Everything, I want you to say everything in the kingdom starts as a seed. So then that means that you need to learn how seed works. I think that this was a little bit more impactful when Jesus was teaching this 2,000 years ago because you know, they were an agricultural society. They understood seed time and harvest. They understood the, the concept of how to plant a seed and you had to cultivate the seed. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't just go to McDonald's and order a Happy Meal and get to eat. They literally had to grow their fields. They had to produce a harvest. They had to learn how the weather worked, how the rain worked, how irrigation worked, how to tend their fields, how to cultivate the seed, and how to cause, make the seed you know, produce and get a harvest. And I want to tell you, it's a little bit challenging. You know, I kind of grew up with the mindset, because uh, I'm from the desert, I had this idea that when I moved to East Texas, everything's green in East Texas, if you've never been here. We live in like the piney woods, so it's bright green, it's beautiful, it's like rolling green grass, it's gorgeous. I kind of thought, 
you know, it rained so much. I was like, man, I bet I could just throw seeds in the dirt, man. I'd have a pumpkin patch. I'd have strawberries growing. I'd have all this stuff. And we begin to try to plant things. And I'm telling you, I do not have a green thumb (laughs) in the earthly realm. Amen. In the spirit, I'm going to claim something different, but I don't have a green thumb. It's like, I'm watering this sucker every day, and and there's so many things that take that that come into account. I planted some squash last year, and uh, you know I, I think that it ended up dying. It started to grow and it got real big and pretty, and I was like, man, this is going to be great. But I planted it in a bucket. I think that was too shallow. And so there's all these elements. It can't be shallow. It has to be deep enough. The soil has to be a certain uh, texture and consistency. You have to water it a a certain amount. has to get enough sunlight. It can't have insects and diseases. So there's all of these elements that, that go into getting a harvest. Planting a seed and watching that seed grow from seed form to where it's literally producing fruit for you to eat. And it's the same in the kingdom. So something that you're going to see in Mark chapter 4, very clear, everything in the kingdom starts in seed form. Everything. Your life starts in seed form. Your finances are seed form. The word of God is seed form. Your purpose and calling. God doesn't just, you know, we're going to get into this. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but so many people don't understand this. They get frustrated. They get discouraged. They get confused why I'm not seeing this take place. Everything starts in seed form. So we know this because in Mark 4, Jesus said, the kingdom is like a farmer scattering seed. He said in Mark 4, the kingdom is like the mustard seed. He said in Mark 4, the kingdom is like the growing seed. So he used a seed to illustrate how the kingdom works. You just need to get that point. I live in Lovington, New Mexico. Okay, so we got a couple of people from back home watching. Everything in the kingdom starts in seed form. Hallelujah. So here's my point. Nothing gets transplanted. We think, you know, we think about growing something. Our idea is, hey, I'm going to go down to Lowe's. I'm going to get me a fruit tree that's already got little apples on it. And I'm going to go home. I'm going to plant it in the ground. And, you know, that thing's going to be producing. There's no, hear me, there's no transplanting in the kingdom. You don't just get to grab a hold of something and a tree that's already producing fruit, throw it in the ground and you know, and then all of a sudden it just starts producing all this fruit. It just takes off. My business takes off. My ministry takes off. My church takes off. My life takes off. My finances take off. There's no transplanting in the kingdom. Every single thing in the kingdom starts in seed form. So if it's in the kingdom, it has to start as a seed. It starts from basically nothing. You know, you think about that. Psalms 1. I'll read it to you. I love, it's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, so much so that we're naming our daughter off of Psalms 1. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. It says, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like a tree planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all that they do. So here's something that you got to understand. Everybody wants to be the tree. Everybody wants to produce fruit in each season, which is good. You should. Leaves never wither. Prosperity, all of that's wonderful. But that tree didn't just grow overnight. That tree started as a seed. 
So if you want to get the fruit of Psalms 1, you need to learn how the kingdom works so that you can allow that seed to grow into the tree that produces fruit in each season in your life, that leaves never wither, that causes you to prosper in every season. That, that seed has to grow to become that tree. And so, so many people are wanting the fruit of the tree, but they don't learn the principles of how to make that seed become that tree. There's a process. Are y'all with me? So look at Mark 4. I actually did the first part of this a couple weeks ago. We go down to Mark 4, start in verse 26. We're going to read two parables that teach us about the kingdom. Mark 4, 26. Angela Cross. I love East Texas too. It's beautiful. Mark 4. 26 through 29, you guys share the broadcast. So look at this, verse 26. The kingdom of God is like a farmer. So look, the kingdom is like, Jesus is teaching us what the kingdom is like. A farmer who scatters seed on the ground. I want you to see this. Hopefully you have your Bible, because if you do, even if you have your phone, pop open the Bible app, read this. I really want you to see the words on the page. It says, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scattered seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. But he doesn't understand how it happens. There's a few things we're going to draw out of this. The earth produces crops on its own. First, can you say first? This is important. First, there is a leaf blade that pushes through. Then, can you say then, the head of wheat is formed, and finally, say finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Number one, the thing that I want you to write down of how the kingdom works, there is a process. There is a process. How does it work in the kingdom? Number one, there's a process. Jesus just told us clearly, the kingdom is like a seed. First, there's a leaf. Then it says the head of wheat is formed. And then finally, it's harvested. So there's a process. So it's the same way. You can't, you can't go and plant a seed and then eat the fruit of that seed two hours later. Right? There is a process that it grows. There's a journey that the seed has to go on. And this is why people, uh, this is why people get so frustrated. A seed has to mature before it can produce fruit. People plant seeds, right? And they say things like, uh, I've been reading my Bible for three days now, right? How come I'm not seeing this fruit? Man, I've been tithing for like two weeks. Man, I tithed 10% of my income two weeks in a row. What happened? How come I'm not seeing this? You, you, you're, you don't plant a seed and then this, it goes straight from a seed to a harvest. There's a process that must take place. So get that. Write that down for number one. There is a process. In the kingdom, there is a process. Man, I've been believing, I've been believing God for breakthrough. In my business, I've been believing God for breakthrough in my life for like three and a half hours. What is going on? And I want you to hear me. There, faith is now. You can receive things that Jesus Christ has already given to us now. You know, like for instance, 
I don't believe that healing has to be some long process. I think sometimes it is for people, and it's not because God's withholding it. It's because their faith has to grow. You have to understand your faith is like a seed. When you get born again, the Bible says in the book of Romans that every man is actually given a measure of faith. So I want you to think about this. Every single person gets the same amount. Think Just like the parable of, of the servants. Every Every person, and I know there's different parables, and in one of the parables, the three different servants got three different amounts, but in one account, in one of the Gospels, the servants got the same amount. I want to use it to illustrate this point. The Bible talks about at salvation, a portion of faith is given to every man. So think, you know, when you get saved, it's like God takes a cup, and you get one cup of faith. You get one cup of faith, I get one cup of faith. Now, what we do, it's our job now to grow that faith, to cultivate that faith. That faith started as a seed, and now that faith has to grow, and it has to grow, and it has to grow. It has to push through the ground, and it has to get larger, and then now it has to begin to form this fruit, and then now it has to grow to the point where I'm actually eating the fruit of my faith. Amen. And so, there's people, they get saved, they never grow their faith. There's people that get saved, and then what happens? The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. They take that portion of faith that the Lord gave them, and they multiply it, and they multiply it, and they multiply it, and it grows like a seed until it begins to produce fruit in their life. But people get it backwards because there, there's, a, there's words that, that are used to describe this. I want you to say the word time consistency, patience, time, consistency, patience. Again, you can't plant a seed and then eat the fruit of that seed two days later, two and a half hours later. That seed has to grow and mature to where it produces a harvest and then you get to eat and enjoy the harvest. Are y'all with me? Man, I've been believing God for, for, I was talking about healing. I'm sorry, I got on a rabbit trail. So healing is something that it, sometimes it does take people time. They get healed over a period of time. And it's not because God is healing them over a period of time. It's because their faith started as a seed, right? Maybe they were saved for years and they never knew that they could be healed. And then somebody gets up and begins to preach the word of God preaches Isaiah 53, 5 to them and says, look, the Bible says he was pierced for your transgressions. He bore our iniquities. By his stripes, we are healed. I know I didn't quote that entire verse, but the part, they, they begin to preach to you. Jesus paid a price for your healing, just like he paid a price for the forgiveness of your sins. They begin to preach to you, Matthew 8, 17, that he took my sicknesses. He removed my diseases. They begin to preach these things to you. And now there's this, this, this word that's on the inside of you, this faith. Now I kind of am open to the possibility that I can be healed, that God will do that for me. And then you begin to feed it. Faith comes by what? Romans ten seventeen. hearing the word, the word, the word, the word. You begin to grow in your revelation knowledge of what belongs to you, of what God has given to you, of what God has done for you. And it grows and it grows and grows and until it becomes a, you know, I'm using the analogy like Jesus, a tree where now it clicks. You get the revelation. He has healed me. This belongs to me. Sickness doesn't belong to me. Now I get it. My eyes are open, and you experience and receive 
what the Lord had already given to you all along. You know, and so Jesus paid the price. Healing is not something God's continually having to do for you. He paid the price for it on the day of Calvary, just like he paid the price for your sins, and you receive it by faith. But sometimes it's a process because it's your faith growing until that point of revelation where now it produces something in your life. So I want you to say there is a process. You don't eat the fruit of a seed that you planted two hours ago. Amen. Man, I've been coming to church for a month. I've been coming to church there for three months and I I just can't believe I'm not on staff yet everything your life starts in seed form just get this in you amen so you have to stick with it i want you to say the word consistency we kind of have this mindset you know especially my generation we want everything yesterday we want everything yesterday now 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 this microwave mentality that's not how it works in the kingdom the i want you to hear me the kingdom does not work that way there's tests that you have to pass there's things that you have to do you everything starts as a seed and it must grow to become something that produces fruit and only when it produces fruit then you get to eat the harvest of that fruit but here's the problem people never people never get that right they go to a church and maybe god's called them to that church Maybe God was going to use them in that church. Maybe God was going to open up a door to use them mightily as in ministry in that church. But because they don't understand how the kingdom works, they get there and they do their little hokey pokey thing for two two months, three months, you know, and then they're, this, this isn't happening for me. What do they do? They hop to another church. They hop to another place. They do the same thing. They hop to another place. They do the same thing. They hop to another place and they never go anywhere or do anything because they never learn the principle of how to get that seed out of seed form to grow where it starts producing fruit in their life. Can you say consistency? Say faithfulness. Amen. You have to stick with it. Man, I tithed one time. You know, the pastor got up there. He showed us the word. I saw it in the word. I I tithed. The, I gave a tithe check one time. I don't know how I'm not a millionaire yet. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm telling you, God will back His word, but don't do it one time. Do it for a month. Look, do it for a year. Don't just serve God for a short season. Do it for six months. Do it for a year. Do it for two years. Do it for three years. Do it for five years. And you will produce a harvest. Everything starts in seed form. There is a process. The Bible says first the leaf blade pushes through. So everything, think about that. Everything starts in the form of a seed. Even your life with God. You know, there's things that the Lord isn't going to give us until we pass certain tests. After Jesus was baptized with the Holy Ghost, he was anointed, but he went into the wilderness where he had to pass different tests. Jesus passed the pride test. Jesus passed the money test. Jesus passed the, the, the lust test, the, the desires of the world test. He passed all of these tests before he was launched into his ministry. You know, we think about things, how, how come I don't have this or how come I don't have that? We, man, be faithful. Jesus said, those who are faithful with little, much more will be given. Pass the test of faithfulness. Let that seed grow. Y'all, I'm telling you, so many people, they just do things for such a short amount of time. 
Like, that's my generation. Nobody can hold a job down. Nobody can do something for more than a year, for more than two years. Just hopping here, hopping there, going every which way. And they plant these seeds. And before these seeds have time to grow and mature and to really begin to produce in their life, they rip the seed up and they're, they're planting it somewhere else. And they never get to the point of, of the Bible provision because they don't learn about the kingdom and don't give that seed time to grow and produce. Are y'all still with me? Hopefully you're with me. Stick with it. Hallelujah. I want to share you share with you some scriptures, some principles of how things work. Jesus said the kingdom is like a seed. Look what Paul said in Galatians 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You'll always harvest what you plant. I want you to say the word always. You'll always, without exception, every time. So get this. It's impossible to sow good seed and not reap a good harvest. You will always. That means your heart. Don't get discouraged. If you've been sowing seed and you feel like, man, I'm going to quit. I'm not seeing a return. Like, And I'm not just talking about money. It could be money, though. But anything in your life, right? You've been faithful. Man, I've been faithful. Lord, how come it seems like I'm not where I know you've called me to be? How come this doesn't seem like it's happening? Don't give up. You will always harvest the seed that is sown if you allow it to grow and produce. Are you with me? So if you're not harvesting yet, then just be encouraged. It's coming. It's coming. It, not maybe, not hopefully, hopefully it works, maybe it won't work. Lock arms with God. Set your faith like a set your face like a stone, the Bible says. Mark out a path for your feet to walk on and don't get sidetracked. Stick with it. Stick with the commitment that you've made. Keep sowing good seed. Keep being faithful. Keep being consistent. And you will reap the harvest. Amen. Look what Galatians um Galatians 6, 9, skip down two verses. Paul understood that people didn't understand the kingdom. There's a process. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes that seed, it, it, that seed has to grow to mature to produce fruit. So sometimes when you're in that process of seed to fruit, to the fruit harvest, it's like, man, this can be discouraging. I'm not getting the result that I wanted to get. But that's why Paul said in Galatians 6, 9, don't get tired of doing good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So if you allow your seed to stay in the ground and you stay consistent and you stay faithful and you allow it to mature, you keep trusting God and you keep doing good, keep following the word of God, it will produce a huge harvest. Can you say huge? I actually want to show you, look at Mark 4. Let's look at the parable of the sower. I use that word huge. You're not going to get some little harvest. It said the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest that is 30, 60, even 100 times as much as it had been planted. That seed will go forth in the kingdom. It doesn't just produce, you know, one little thing, 30, 60, and 100 times if you don't give up. 
If you don't pull it out of the ground, if you stay consistent and faithful, are you with me? Hallelujah. It's growing. I want you to say it. It's growing. I want you to say it. it's coming. It's coming. You know, some people get so discouraged. And that's the thing, though, too. Don't try to eat your, your seed before it's time. You know, I could go out there. Because there's sometimes you can see God moving. You can see that God's doing something, but you haven't got that harvest yet. Right? It's the same way. You know, you're growing tomatoes. Yeah, I don't go out there and pick the tomato the second that, that I see a tomato. It's got to ripen. It's got to come to maturity. And so I want you to get that. Maybe you can see it in your life. Maybe you have been being faithful and you're like, man, I can, I can literally see it like with my eyes what God is doing. The great thing that the Lord is doing, that he's moving, that this is coming to pass, but I'm not eating of it yet. It's not in my hand. I'm not getting to, to enjoy it yet. I'm telling you, don't grow weary. Keep doing what is good, and we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up, if we let that seed continue to grow to maturity. Are you with me? So 30, 60, 100, another translation literally says, those who patiently produce a huge harvest. So the Bible promises a huge harvest harvest. Look at this in Mark 4, that parable that I read you, 26 through 29. So it says, first the leaf blade pushes through. We just talked about that. Then the the heads of wheat are formed. And then finally the grape or the grain ripens. And then look at this. As soon as the grain is ready, as soon as, it ready, as it's ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. There's a harvest time. You have a harvest time in your life. You have a harvest season in your life. And I want you to be encouraged. If you haven't seen that return yet, look, the Bible says as soon as it's ready, as the moment that it's ready, if you don't give up, you're going to have a harvest. Amen. So be encouraged. It's coming. It's coming. Point number two, write this down. From the same passage, Mark 4, 26 through 29, point number two, the seed will produce on its own. You just have to tend to the soil. So here's another principle about the kingdom. Let me read it to you. Verse 28. Actually, let's go back to 26. We'll read 26 through 28. Jesus said the kingdom is like a farmer who scattered seed on the ground. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but does not un he doesn't understand how it happens. Look at verse 28. The earth produces the crop on its own. So the, the point is this. The seed will produce on its own. You don't have to. You do not have to. Oh, I'm sorry. The seed will produce on its own. All you have to do is tend to the soil. That could be confusing to you, so I want to explain it. Something Jesus said about the kingdom. You don't have to force your seed to grow. It will grow if you don't uproot it. And then it will grow if, you know. So basically, here's my point. You don't have to beg God to bless you. You don't have to beg God to prosper you. You will prosper according to the seed that you sow. 
You'll be blessed according to the seed that you sow. You actually don't even have to beg God to open up doors of opportunity for you. Doors of opportunity will open up to you if you allow that seed to grow. So Jesus didn't say you have to go out there and constantly, you know, pound against the ground. and Mr. Seed, come, come up, Mr. Seed. No, as long as the seed is in fertile soil and it's tended properly, the seed will grow and produce according to its kind. So financially, you don't have to beg God to prosper you and to bless you. If you sow financial seed and you do it consistently, you don't uproot it, you allow it to mature and grow, you will be blessed. You will prosper. You'll be like the Psalms 1 that we read. You'll be like a tree planted by the river who bears fruit in each season, whose leaves never wither. If you allow that seed to grow into that tree. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So, you don't have to try to get the seed to grow the seed will grow our job is to make sure that the seed is in good soil to grow so here's our job i want you to write this down in the comments say tend the soil tend to the soil don't focus so much on trying to get your seed you know Focus on your soil. So, I want to actually flip back to the parable of the sower. You don't have to force God's hand. The seed will grow. All you have to do is plant the seed and then, number two, tend to the soil. The parable of the sower paints this very clearly in Mark chapter 4. As I told you, the whole chapter is about the seed. It's all about the kingdom being like a seed. He gives all these different illustrations. In Mark chapter 4, in the beginning of the chapter, he literally teaches about the different soils. There's seed that's sown, but because of the soil that it's sown into, it can't produce. Are y'all with me? So I want to give you, according to Mark 4, the things that kill your seed. So the seed will grow if you get these things out of your life. If you don't, these things will kill your seed from growing and it will never produce. So you could sit there and sow all day long, believe all day long, you know, put faith in the ground, put money in the ground, sow your life as a seed in every which way possible. But there's things, if you don't tend to the soil of your life and your, and your heart, it will prevent that seed from growing and producing fruit that you get to eat of. Here's a few of the things that Jesus said. So number A, under two, the seed will produce on its own. You just have to tend the soil. These are things that kill your seed. Number one, being shallow. Being shallow will prevent you from from reaping the harvest of the seed. Jesus said that in Mark 4, verse 5. Seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted up quickly because the soil the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wiltered under the hot sun since it didn't have deep roots. We're going to talk about that in a moment, the shallowness. But you need to just understand, shallow soil will kill your seed. What do I mean by that? To save you the doctrine of this, we went into this in the last broadcast. How do I make sure that I'm not shallow? Revelation of the Word of God. So, here's my point. 
You know, you can't eat the fruit of prosperity in your life if you have a shallow revelation of prosperity. There's no soil for that that word to that seed to root down into, right? If your if your idea of prosperity is just living in a big house and driving a Ferrari, and you know, and it's just something that Creflo Dollar said on on Day Daystar Television, you heard somebody say that's shallow soil. And you'll never actually eat the fruit of Bible prosperity because it's shallow. Your revelation is shallow. Your understanding is shallow. When push comes to come, when, when push comes to shove, there's nothing for that seed to grab onto because it's just so shallow. You have no understanding. So how do you counter that? The Word of God. Hallelujah. The Word of God. You need to get a deep understanding. You think about healing. You know, you'll never eat the fruit of healing in your life, of being healed, of being strong, of where sickness doesn't come to your house if you're shallow, if your revelation of it in the word is shallow. You need to know what belongs to you. You need to know why it belongs to you. You need to be able to defend what, what and why it belongs to you. You need to be able to teach others what and, belong, what and why you know, what belongs to them and why it belongs to them. You need to be able to attack, fight the devil off when the devil comes. Just like Jesus, you're not healed, right? Look, you're not healed. Look at these symptoms. You can do what Jesus did and go to the word and say, it is written. I know what this word says. I know what the Lord has said in his word. I I don't just know one little scripture. I know the Bible doctrine of healing. I don't just know one little scripture about prosperity. I know the Bible doctrine of prosperity. I, you know, as a preacher, get to the point where you could preach a four-point sermon, four undisputable Bible facts about why it's God's will for you to prosper. We could talk about obedience to the Word of God. I'm just giving you an example of how the revelation, why does God want me to prosper? Why do I know it's God's will for me to prosper? You could say, number one, the Bible teaches us that if I obey the word of the Lord, I will prosper. Joshua 1, Deuteronomy 28, Psalms chapter 1. Uh, you have 1 Samuel, no, I think it's 1 Kings chapter 2. You have John chapter 15. I mean, it's all throughout the word of God. Number two, God will prosper me when I give. Malachi chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, Luke chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Are you guys with me? So there's several different angles that you could take these things at, and it, it, your, your depth isn't shallow. Shallow soil, which basically I mean this, no revelation of the word will hinder your seed, will cut your seed off from producing fruit in your life. So you need to get in the word. You need to know what the word says. You need to get the word in your heart. You need to get the word before your eyes. You need to listen to preaching and teaching. You need to solidify these things in your heart. And that seed will be rooted deep. And then it will produce fruit in your life. Are you guys with me? So in Mark 4, he said shallow. Being shallow will kill your seed. Number two, look up at verse 19. So he said some seed... That fell among thorns, right? So there was seed. Good seed was thrown into the ground, but there was thorns in this garden. This person had thorns in their life. And Jesus tells us what these thorns are, what they represent. He says, all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life. So I don't want to get into all of this in depth. But 
What will kill your seed? Number two, worry will kill your seed. And I went over this in the last broadcast. Worrying is actually a sin in the Bible. You know, we don't take it, we, we, we take it very lightly, like it's okay to worry. Worry is actually doubt. Worry is actually unbelief. God doesn't like it when we worry. God doesn't think it's cute and amusing when we worry. God expects us to have faith. And without faith, we can't even please God. Worry is literally the absence of faith. We can't be in faith and be worried at the same time. Either we're worried or we're in faith. Either we're worried or we believe God. We can't do both. Are you with me? So he actually said, if you live a life of worry, that seed will never produce in your life. You can't be healed and be worried. You can't prosper and be worried. You can't move mountains with your faith and be worried. You can't be successful in the kingdom and be worried. You can't grow a successful ministry and be worried. Are you with me? Let's keep reading in Mark chapter 4. He says the message was crowded out by the worries of life. He said the message was crowded out by the, uh, the word was crowded out by the lure, the lure of wealth. So being money hungry. Uh, again, I'm not going to go into the deep Bible doctrine about this, but just understand. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, you cannot, you, 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 a person can't have two masters. You'll love one, you'll hate the other. You cannot serve God and love money or be a slave to money. So if you're, if you're driven by money, you know, you'll never produce, you'll never have, I'm telling you, you'll never have the, the harvest of the word of God in your life. You'll never truly prosper if you love money. Isn't that crazy? You would think in order to get money, you need to love money and you need to go after money. But in fact, if you love money and live a life where you chase after money, you'll actually never have Bible prosperity. You'll never get into that that multi-million dollar, like the Lord has created this well in this tree that produces in your life. You cannot, you cannot love money. It will kill your seed. You know, because you begin to serve money. Think about that. A lot of people do. A lot of pastors and ministers serve money. They don't serve the Lord. You know why? Because somebody writes a big fat check in their church and says, now that I get, you know, I've, hey, I've done all this for the church. Shouldn't you throw me a bone? You know, I kind of want to teach a little bit. I kind of think we should do this or do that. Look, and then pastors say, well, if I want that money to keep coming, I better do what they say. You literally, you can't, you cannot have a Bible ministry. You cannot produce the, the, the fruit of the Bible because you're not serving God. You're actually serving money. You're actually just hungry for money. Are you all with me? Amen. All right, let's move on. Uh, the third thing. So things that will kill your seed, according to Mark chapter 4, from producing harvest in your life. The fourth thing. Uh, was chasing after other things. I already said being shallow, worrying, being money hungry, chasing after other things. But all too quickly, the seed was crowded out by the worries of life, by the lure of wealth, and by the desire for other things. So no fruit was produced, or no fruit is produced. That's Mark 4, 19. So if you desire other things in life, the Bible says very clearly, it's you cannot produce fruit and i don't think people understand you know that, that well pastor that's just radical that's a little bit too radical for me guys there's no way around this bible christianity is all or nothing jesus literally had one stipulation 
to be his follower while he was on this earth. Do you know what that stipulation was? He didn't say you had to have the Old Testament memorized. You have to be able to quote the book of Leviticus word for word. You know, you have to be able to be, be a good preacher and to be a good teacher. He had one qualification. Well, you know, you can't, you can't have had sex before you were married. You know, you couldn't have been an alcoholic. He didn't say any of that. He had one qualification while he was on this earth to come and be his followers. Jesus said, I'll take anybody. I'll take anybody. I don't care what they've done. I don't care how bad they've been. I don't care how sinful they think that they were. If they're willing to do this one thing, they can become my disciple and follow me in my ministry. And what did he say? Give up everything you own. In the Bible, in the ministry of Jesus, in order to be his follower, you literally had to, not just metaphorically, right? Well, just... Yeah. Come serve on our outreach team on the weekends. Like, no, literally, you have to leave your father, leave your mother, leave your own spouses, leave your jobs, leave your house, leave all your money, leave everything, give it all up, and come and follow me. People were like, Lord, I can't do that. I'm rich. I have a lot of money. Mark chapter 10, the rich young ruler. Jesus looked at this man and said, then you cannot come. And if you can't do this, you're not fit for the kingdom. It's all or nothing. You have to come to a point where you want Jesus more than you want anything. You want the Holy Ghost more than you want anything. You want the will of God in your life to come to pass more than you want anything. There's nothing that you won't lay down. There's nothing you won't do. And there's nothing you won't give up. And until you get to that point and you're still being driven by other things, because that's interesting to think. You know, Jesus said, the desire for, if you desire after other things, no fruit is produced. You know, I've seen ministers do this all the time. They start, I'm not opposed to being like bivocational. That's, that's fine, I guess. I just don't understand that because for me, yeah, I, I like to spend my time doing one thing. Winning the lost, preaching and teaching the word of God. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to run a real estate business. I'm not here you know, to flip houses on the side. I'm not here to do anything else. I'm here to preach and teach the gospel. That's what I devote my time to doing. Jesus was a carpenter, and then he left, and he started his ministry. I know Paul built tents, but, you know, he just, he just did that so that he wouldn't have to take offerings from other churches, which was kind of, you know, that actually doesn't make sense because he, every other person he instructed, he told them, you know, that a teacher should be supplied by those that benefit from his teaching. That a worker is deserver of their pay. You know, anyways, so my whole point is, I've seen this happen. Where, you know, other like ministers, and I'm young, so I've, I've observed this. Other people will do this. They'll have a ministry, and then they want to get some business on the side. And then that business starts doing real good, and they start making money. And I tell you, it's like nine times out of ten. They end up stepping out of the ministry and just doing this other thing. And guys, that's not kingdom. You know, I don't know if that person actually even will ever fulfill the call of God on their life. The desire for other things will hinder you from producing any fruit in your life. So basically, I say all that to say, you have to get to the point where you want Jesus. He's everything. Jesus said, I would rather you be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. There is no lukewarm Christianity. 
People think, well, you know, you're being radical. There's only one form of Christianity. It's everything or nothing. There's no in the middle. And so you have to come to that place because if you're not there, you could look at your life and say, I'm actually chasing after other things. There's other things that I desire. There's other ambitions that I have. There's other things that I, that I want more. And until you get rid of that, you can't produce Bible fruit in your life. You all with me? So, my point for number two, and I'm almost done, was the seed will produce. Jesus taught us that the seed will produce on its own. You just have to tend the soil. So let's put all this together. Here's the point. Here's how Jesus taught the kingdom works. Sow seed. If you will sow seed, keep your hands clean, right? Don't get filthed up with sin. Don't get into junk that hinders you, that steals, kills, and destroys the seed that you sow. Keep your robes white. Keep your hands clean. Keep yourself far from sin. Keep your field free from the thorns and from the rocks and from the things that choke and kill the seed. So sow the seed. Keep yourself clean. Be consistent. Don't pull it up. Let it grow. You will. You will. You will produce a huge harvest in your life. Amen. I hope you guys are with me. So, look down to verse 30 of Mark 4 now. This is the last point I'm going to give you for today. Give you a second to turn there. Mark chapter 4, verse 30 through 32. So it says, let's read it. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? So here he's teaching us about how the kingdom works. Again, he says, it is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. This is what he means. Well, this is my interpretation of the mustard seed. No, he literally tells you what he means. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. People want to talk about the birds and the birds mean this and the nests and the stupid things that I'm sure, you know, there's probably some relevance to it. But here's the point. Let's just take the surface level point of what Jesus was trying to say. In the kingdom, number three, write this down. In the kingdom, it starts small and it grows big. <coughs> In the kingdom, the kingdom is like the mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the biggest plant in the garden. It, it, it grows big, but in the kingdom, it starts small. Can you say start small? So let me just paint, get this as clear as I can. In the kingdom, it doesn't start big. In the kingdom, it doesn't start big. It starts small and it grows big. Your life doesn't start big, right? Now, 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 why am I not doing crusades already? 
of 50,000 people? Why am I not in the multi-million dollar level? You know, people have these thoughts. In the kingdom, it starts small and it grows big. I don't know how much more simple I can make that. Start small, grows big. Amen. It doesn't start big. So actually, I said this, but I want to go back to it. Mark 4, verse 5, it says, The seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wiltered under the hot sun. And, and since it did ha didn't have deep roots, it died. So get this. If something grows too fast, it's because it's shallow. Jesus said in the kingdom, it starts small, it grows big. So here's my point. You know, Dr. Rodney, when we were at the, his church this summer, he was teaching. He said, look, when you're starting a church, build it slow. Build the foundation. Build a core group. Spend time laying out the doctrine, the culture of your church. He said, I've done this for years, and I can't tell you how many times I've had these hot shots they start something, they're running a thousand, they're running this, you know, this big all operation. And he says, in five years, in ten years, you know, it's done. It doesn't even exist anymore. And everybody says, Oh my gosh, look at me. Listen to my testimony. You know, I, I basically got saved, and within like three and a half months, I was already this in the kingdom, it starts small, it grows big. If something grows too fast, right? A seed that's just planted. Jesus said, that's already showing the stem coming out. It's because it's in shallow soil. It's not planted deep. So just have that as an encouragement in this season right now of, of consistency, of faithfulness, of passing the test that you're going through, passing the test of faith, ta passing the test of endurance, passing the test of faithfulness, showing the Lord that you're faithful of what he's given you. Don't get discouraged when you see other people that think that they're so cool and awesome and I just started this thing and, and look. Y'all, I'm telling you, we, we think so small. We think so small. You know, we need to think generationally. Well, I started this thing, and oh my gosh, look, I'm the man. What I did works, and we're going to build church. You, know, you had success for three and a half years, so you're going to go around and teach everybody, write a bunch of stupid books uh, that, that aren't even anything based in the Bible about how your little church process and how you grew your church. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. Let's see where it's standing in 100 years from now if Christ tarries. Amen. Y'all, we don't need to just think 10 years, 15 years. We need to think cities being taken. We need to think a tree that's still producing fruit 100 years from now, 200 years from now, 300 years from now. I know other ministers who, you know, they inherit something that's already been running, and they get up and just have this pride about them, this arrogance. It's great. You know, great, your, your thing is doing good. That's wonderful. But my friend, you're eating the seeds. You're eating from seeds that were sown before your time. You know, you're not eating the seeds of a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. You're eating the seeds that were sown 10 years ago. You're eating from a tree that was planted way before your time. So 
that's great and that's wonderful. Praise the Lord for the miracles. Praise the Lord for the testimonies, but have a humility. And don't be some hot shot know-it-all. I know this, I know that, look at me, look at me, look at me. That's one way to turn God's face from you so fast. He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Why not just thank the Lord and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the work that you started here. Thank you for appointing me, choosing me, giving me the opportunity to, to do something so great and wonderful, giving me such a wonderful platform. Have some humility. Don't be going around running your mouth about how you're the guy, you're the woman, you're the whoever, you know it all. You know, you're really eating the fruit from seeds you never even sown. So it starts small, it grows big. If it grows too fast, it's shallow. Mark, Mark 4, 5. Look at Zechariah 4, 10. And I'm going to leave you with this this afternoon. Do not despise, the Bible says, these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So think about that. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. You don't have to be discouraged because you know that where you start is not where you're staying. I may be small. I may have been starting this out. Maybe you're the first person saved in your family. Maybe that you're the first one that's doing something different and people are still ridiculing you. People are still mocking you. You're a faith person. You believe in that healing crap. You believe in that prosperity. You believe that message, that faith thing. You know, they mock you. Look, don't get discouraged. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. The Bible says the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The Lord rejoices of somebody who plants that seed, who is faithful, who is consistent, who keeps their hands clean, who doesn't give up and stands the test of time. And the Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good. Galatians 3, 9, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Are you all with me? It's not, say it in the comments. Say, it's not where I'm staying. I am moving up. Hallelujah. I'm growing. This is not where I'm staying. Say the lowest that I am today is the lowest that I'll ever be. Because God doesn't move backwards. You need to get that. Jesus said in John chapter 15, I am the true grapevine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do produce fruit. So they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. He says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus said, you know, you're constantly being pruned so that you produce more. And then when you produce more, God cuts away, God prunes, this, these tests are passed and then you produce more. And then when you produce more, there's always another level. So God never leads backwards. He only leads forward. So don't despise the days of small beginnings. Really believe it. This is the smallest that I'll ever be. This is the, this is the lowest my bank account will ever be. If I keep my fields clean, keep my hands clean, keep seed in the ground, hallelujah, stay faithful and consistent, this is the, the smallest my bank account will ever be. 
This is the smallest my life will ever be. This is the smallest my ministry will ever be. Hallelujah. Because God, with God, it is impossible to not grow if you remain in Christ. Are you with me? So let me just make this statement one more time. Keep sowing seed. Keep your soil clean. Stand the test of time. And you will reap a huge harvest. This last thing I want to say to you guys is when it starts, it's continual. If you will put in the time, if you'll put in the work, you'll put in the consistency, you'll put in the effort. You know, you think about this. If I'm, plant, if I'm starting an orchard, there's going to be a few, you know, those trees don't grow overnight. So there's going to be, say I plant 50 acres of fruit trees. There's going to be a few years where those fruit trees are growing. I can see them growing, but I'm not, I'm not making an income. I'm not making a profit yet. But let me tell you, the first year, nothing. Second year, nothing. Third year, nothing. The fourth year, it starts producing. The fifth year, it really starts producing. Now, now, I'm never going, you know, I went through this time of tending, of being faithful, being consistent. And it's like, man, I pushed, I pushed, I pushed. But when those trees start producing, hallelujah, when they start producing, it's a continual. Now I'm profiting. Now I can actually sow more seed and I'm not ever in a season of lack because I'm eating the fruit of this continual harvest of these trees that have matured that are producing fruit in my life. And now I get to just expand and expand and expand. And now I don't have to go through that season of lack. I don't have to go. But I want to say this too. You will lack nothing. Even in the season of your seed growing, the Lord shall meet all your needs according to his word. Hallelujah. That you shall, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I lack no good thing. My cup overflows with blessings. So the Lord will keep you. He'll bless you. He'll provide for you supernaturally. But build your life the kingdom way. Wealth. Think about that. A righteous man. The Bible says a righteous man. That's you and me. Leads an inheritance to his children and his children's children. So God not only says that you should generate enough wealth to pay your bills you should generate enough wealth to leave to your children you should generate enough wealth that your children can't even exhaust all of it in their lifetime and it trickles down to the third generation why because you've created a tree that continues to produce in your life that my children get to eat from that my children's children get to eat from hallelujah thank you lord I, I challenge you to start thinking like the kingdom. Start thinking kingdom. Kingdom mindset in life. Y'all, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're looking, if you're like me, I'm always looking for a good place to sow good seed. Always sowing seed. Always sending ministry gifts. Always sending money to ministers personally. Our church too. Just looking for people to bless. I, I'm looking for seed to put in the ground because I'm I'm I am expanding my territory in the spirit. I am I am in the spirit. I'm buying up more field. I'm planting more seed. And then when that harvest comes, I'm telling you, it's it's going to be glorious. It's going to be amazing. So I, I'm a person where I'm always looking for places to sow seed. If you would like to stand with us in preaching the gospel, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity. The ways that you can sow are on the bottom of the screen.
You know, nobody has to do this. If, if, if you would like to get seed in the ground, here's an opportunity for you to do it. You know, we're going to use this money to take the gospel to people. We're planning another event. I'll go ahead and show you at the end of, let's see, that is number five. We're planning this event at the end of May. You can see it's May 15th called Celebrate Huntington. You can see by the flyer, free event, giveaways, prizes. We're going to have TVs. We're giving away hoverboards, bicycles, gift cards, bill pays, food boxes. All of that's wonderful. And that's not what it is. It's just a party where everybody gets free stuff. We're, giving, we're, we're drawing these people in who would never come to church in a million years. We're drawing them in with these giveaways, and we're preaching the gospel to them. We did this event a month or so ago. We had 200, uh, uh, how many, uh, 200 people show up. We had 17 salvations. We prayed for the sick. We lay hands on people. We saw addiction broken off people. It was amazing. And guys, we're going after it. We're going after souls. This is called Celebrate Huntington 2.0, so we're going to do it bigger. We got a better location. We're going to have way more people believing for way more souls. So if you'd like to stand with us, we're doing this crusade-style evangelism. It needs to get back in the church. We ain't just having meetings. We're going after the law. So if you want to stand with us, the ways you can do that are on the bottom of the screen. And I appreciate it. I love you. I'm telling you, get seed in the ground, and the Lord will bless it. He'll multiply it. He'll add it back to you. So what I want to do at this at this time is I'm going to play a video uh, to show you a recap of what we did. And I just thank you in advance for sowing. Thank you for giving to our ministry. I'm telling you, you're going to help us reach people. And, and that is the best soil. Man, you want to put your seed. I'm telling you, think about this. God's number one priority is lost souls. Is God happy that there's Christians sitting in churches? Yes. Does he care about them? Yes, he does. But God's agenda is preaching the gospel to the lost. And so when you tie your finances in with that, you want to talk about an accelerated harvest. The Lord likes money getting into the hands of people that fund the gospel being preached. Right? You're not giving to a not just a nonprofit organization. You're literally helping, taking your precious resource and showing the Lord, I care about the lost. I care about souls. And I want to stand with people that are actively doing these things to bring in the lost, to win souls, to bring people to Christ. Right? Not just having church, bringing people to Christ, changing families generationally forever. And so, y'all, if you want to stand with us, I'm telling you, that's what's on the Lord's heart. And you will see a notable difference when you begin to sow into ministries that are, that are soul winning, that are going after the lost, holding meetings like, like what we're trying to do. Uh, you'll see it. You'll see a notable shift in your return and in your harvest. So one more time, I'll give you the flyer for that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a recap video for you. But before I do, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for my friends. I pray you've stirred their spirit. Lord, I know, according to your word, that this teaching that I've preached has went into their hearts, and it will produce a harvest of 30, 60, and 100-fold if they'll receive it. You'll change their lives forever. You'll heal them of their diseases. You'll bless their finances 
You'll flip their marriages upside down. You'll prosper their businesses. You'll change their children's lives and their children's children's lives. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Father, for the word deposited in my friends' hearts. Lord, I, I just, I'm so thankful. I want to give everybody an opportunity, if you're watching this, if you have never received Jesus Christ, don't wait another moment. Don't wait, well, maybe I'll go to church in about a month and then I'll, you know, I'll respond to an altar call. Today is the day of salvation. It's very simple. Billy Graham taught it like this, ABC. You admit your sins, you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. Number one, you have to admit, I am a sinner. I've sinned, I've fallen short of the glory of God. I need Jesus Christ. I need that blood to redeem me. I need my sins washed as far as, uh, as wide as snow, cast as far as the east is from the west. So number one, just admit that. I need Jesus. I need his blood. I need that sacrifice. I need to be made right with God. Number two, belief. The Bible says that Jesus Christ went to the cross and God put your sins on him. That God put your infirmities, your sicknesses, your diseases, everything on Jesus Christ and allowed him to be nailed to the cross. And he paid the price so that if I just simply believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that I would be saved. So you believe and then confession. You say, Lord Jesus, you are the Lord. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, take my life. I believe in you. You are the one true God. You're the only living God. I believe you're alive. I believe that you're powerful and I will live for you. If you said that, I'm telling you right now, you believe and you confess, your name is registered in heaven. The Lord has written your name in heaven. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to send a message to one of these profiles that you're watching this on, I want to send some free resources to you to help you. Help you get plugged into the next... Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.